0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you, need to know, when you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. All right, Baldy, let's get into some of these games, man, because... It. We're talking Jets at Buffalo. You say, hey, this is an easy, easy game. Buffalo's going to win the game, and maybe they will. But I don't know if I'm thinking just, you know, in my head right now that the Jets won't go 2-0 against Buffalo. They beat them earlier. This is a get-back game. There's no doubt. And I'm, I'm sure Buffalo is like, yo, we, we got to come out and play this weekend. And it's a division game. But Buffalo did play very poorly in their last outing against the Jets, this was that, that stretch of weeks where Josh Allen was making mistakes, Baldy. Has mm-hmm. he corrected that? And what is what are the Bills doing better now than the last time we saw them against
1: the Jets? Well, you hit on it right right off the bat there, Carl. I mean, they're taking care of the football. And it seems the, the numbers actually support this. I don't know, you know what uh, Ken Dorsey, the offense coordinator, would say to my comment. But they are emphasizing the run with the running backs. You saw James Cook have a big game last yeah. week. Most kept 14 carries more than motor singletary had a big pop in the middle early in the game, right up the middle. And he kind of stayed with them and he caught a lot of passes too. So it seems like they're emphasizing the run more. Josh still made the throw across his body, running out of bounds, you know, to Gabriel Davis. I mean, classic Josh Allen play. Um, The only way I feel like, you know, in that Jets win, uh, two things happened in that game, Carl, five weeks ago. They had an eight-minute drive in the fourth quarter that led to the game-winning field goal, and they took the ball away from Josh Allen twice, two interceptions, one at the end. Um, Sauce had one. And so if they can find a way to take it away twice, which they're more than capable of doing? If they can find a way to do that, then they can I think they can go and win this game. Now, Buffalo has, you know, Josh has thrown one interception since that Jets game. Uh, He's thrown five or six touchdown passes since then. He's run for one. So they're, they're they're they look like they have a different emphasis. The only question I have about the Jets, you know, you see them lose to the Patriots on an 84-yard punt return. Like, why are you punting them, you know, to them anyways in that situation? You know, then you see down in the one, like they just don't look like they know how to win, Carl. Right. Like I know they've got you know seven wins and it's 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 impressive with all the young players they have and a, you know every week is a different offensive line. It just seems to be. They, they seem to be that team with a young coach and a lot of young players that just don't know how to close out a game. Now, that's that's probably not fair to Sauce Gardner. It's probably not fair to a lot of guys. But that's kind of the reality right now. And I just don't think you can do that against a quality team that has been building for five years. The Jets want to be Buffalo. Right. But I don't I don't think they're Buffalo yet, Carl. I think they're on their way to competing head-to-head they, they look like they come up a little bit short. And they find different ways to lose these games now.
0: Yeah. The job that Robert Sala has done, can, can we qualify it yet? Can we say he's he's on the right track? Now, listen, you just mentioned, we've talked about all these star players they've got on defense. So they've drafted right. I mean, they got to mm-hmm. continue to do that, right? But mm-hmm. it's still about, in those moments, you believe in the coach making the decisions that need to be made. And, and Baldy, I was talking about this on my national show about yeah. – Getting the right guy, all right, and, and fair or unfair, I don't believe in anything I've seen in Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Yeah. I'm looking at Robert Sala, and I'm saying, okay, I see progress. I see him making and taking the steps that's going to make me believe that he's the right guy. I'm just curious right now based on his resume. I know it's a short thing, but but what do you think? Can we qualify? Is he on the right track? Is he doing the right things for that organization?
1: Well, I think you know their identity right now is just completely tied to their defense and specifically their front four. And they, they rotate eight guys deep. Quinn Williams is having a phenomenal season. Lawson, I mean, you go through the list of guys. Uh, that's kind of how he wants it to be, just a pack of hungry wolves getting after quarterbacks. But that's fine on that side of the ball. Offensively, they've had so many injuries, the quarterback change, it, it's kind of hard to say what the offense is. I mean, Garrett Wilson could be a star player, but why isn't Garrett Wilson getting even more targets? I mean, right. he's you know, he's their Stephon Diggs. He's their Cooper Cup. Like, find more ways to get him the ball. Like, he's the difference maker. And last week, he didn't have a touchdown catch. But he should be having touchdown catches every week. So, I, I feel like, you know, is Zonovan Knight really, you know, a front-line running back? I mean, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, all on the shelf right now. So, I mean, that that's what they're up against. So, I, I feel like, from that standpoint, overcoming just the, the rash of injuries, especially the offensive line, the next guy up mentality like giving these guys confidence making them feeling a part of it i feel like he's doing a good job there uh we got to see how they finish carl i mean if they if they find a way to make the playoffs they play miami week 18 you know if they find a way to make the playoffs then 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 we can categorically say yeah he's the right guy Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, put them up. This is In the Huddle, guys. Subscribe, like
0: us. We put new episodes out every Tuesday, Thursday. Jason Lockham 4 also joins us. I want to talk about Fly Eagles Fly. They're taking on the Giants. And they continue to impress me, Baldy. I mean, every week I'm like, this team's really good. Jalen Hurts is really good, and this was a make-or-break-it year. I mean, we forget going into the season. Let's go back to the offseason when everybody was like, the Eagles have given him everything he needs. He's got all the pieces. Is he going to screw this up? And the kid has just excelled, and I'm watching them, and I'm saying they're going to be a hard out in these playoffs, but here the Giants are, and I'm curious to know what you think about what's going to be different about this time around versus the first time they met earlier in the season.
1: So – I just remember um, meeting Jalen when he was a rookie and, you know, he, he, he just said, basically said that, you know, I want to be, he wants to be great. I'm committed to being great, not just great, but being the best quarterback in the league. So, I mean, okay. 53rd pick in the draft out of Oklahoma, you know, he had some good success in college, but you know, he was a runner more than a thrower. He said, Lincoln Riley was the only guy that really ever coached him. He said, if I get coached hard and they do the right things, Like, I, I think I could be great. So every week, you know, I mean, he's a two time back to back weeks. He's the NFL player of the week, you know, um, you know, one time he's running for 157 yards of 363 that they run against green Bay last week, he throws for 380, and he just carves up the, you know, the Titans he's doing it, you know, okay. You say I can only run Well, I'll, I'll throw it. I mean, that's not his, his, uh, his motivation just happened to be, that's what happened in the games. He could do all that. Um, their special teams just completely destroy Tennessee. It's all favors, you know. They, they I mean, Ryan, like they shut Derrick Henry down. They just rattled the cage of Brian Tannehill. Every single thing. So you go, okay. They go to the Meadowlands play the Giants. Um, the Giants, they got their pass rushers back now. So they got Ojulari on one side. They got Thibodeau on the other side. That helps. Their corners are still guys that were off the street for the most part. Um, you know, Wink Martindale is still a really talented coordinator. They'll see an offense that. You know, where the, the quarterback is a runner along with Saquon Barkley. I think the Giants probably could keep this thing closer than it should be because that's how they sort of play the games. But I, I think Philadelphia is healthy, and I just feel like they think that this is they, – they're on a, they're not overlooking the Giants, but they're on a collision course with the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. They are. You know, and I, I, I think they're healthy up front. Their offense line is as good as anybody's in football. Uh, It's a good test up front. Giants front is good. Um, Gee, Eagles are just a complete team. Giants are trying to become a complete team. You you can't beat the Eagles with the wide receiving core that the Giants have.
0: It's not dynamic enough. I I totally agree with you. It's just just not dynamic enough. Baldy, I said this to Jason earlier this week, and I said, I know people are going to say you're nuts, but I said to Jason, Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. All right. And I'm curious to know what you think about this because this is another team. And, and again, we're going to learn a lot on, on December 24th when the Eagles and Cowboys play. But this defense is just so dominant. And, and this week in Dallas, they hosted, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I see him at a Mavs game. You know, the crowd's chanting, you know, "Oh, ODB or whatever, Odell Beckham. The point is Cowboys don't need him, Baldy. They're averaging 37 points a game. 400 and some odd yards a game you know Their receiving core cd lamb and all these guys they've turned into the players you thought they would and i was saying this to my audience this is uh on my local show this is a bonus right this is like okay we'll pick him up if we need him maybe he plays maybe he doesn't and i don't know if he plays they're saying the knee and the physical and all that didn't necessarily check out But where are you at on this Cowboy team? Because people think that's the move that's going to put them over the top, and I don't believe that. I think they're already there. They're just going to have to execute. they got to beat the Eagles. But more importantly, they got to win in the playoffs. But I love this Cowboy team, and I'm willing to say I think they're going to Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years, and we've been saying it for 30 years.
1: I think it's the best shot to go because of the way that they're playing, Carl. Their offense, lights. Tyler Smith, is a hell of a player at left half. And, you know, he moves by. I mean, he's just – I saw him pulling the other day – you know, leading, uh, you know, uh, Pollard into the end zone, I, I thought he was Larry Allen out there for you know, him. The <laughs> yes, he, he the punches
0: people in the face,
1: doesn't he? Oh, man, he's he is. I, I remember in the draft process talking to Steve Hutchinson for, you know, the uh, Hall of Fame guard, you know, for Minnesota and yeah. Seattle. But he said he was the best tackle in the draft, that he was the most physical guy, that he brings nasty to it, and that's how he plays. Uh, but you know the the one two Zeke is is back and then you put him with Pollard like they don't they haven't had a running game like that since Emmett yeah like they've got a powerful running game and they got two different style of runners we've seen it, but they need Zeke and Zeke is like he's running really really well right now um their tight ends are excellent you know they they block um Schultz and Ferguson and Hendershot like they're good I I, I, I was on a radio show in Philadelphia. Yesterday. They're like, "Well, the Eagles. We hear that they're a, a candidate." I'm like, "Look, o, OBJ, if he's healthy, can help a team, but he he he's. It's just a luxury. And then you got to worry about you know. Last year when he went to the Rams, Robert Woods just happened to get hurt the same week, like two days after they signed him. So there was an automatic place for Odell in that offense. And plus, it was earlier in the season. Yeah, it wasn't late in the season. Teams have kind of got their identities right now. They kind of know. You don't need five wide receivers. You just don't. Like, you need two, maybe three, that can really, you know, work coverage, man-to-man. Um, so, I don't think they need them. I don't. It doesn't sound like Jerry wants – and and then the other part is Odell wants a big contract. Yeah. And I don't blame him. You know, I don't blame him. Like, this might be the last chance he gets for one. So, I understand that the business side of it. But I, I, I don't think the Cowboys need him. I think the way that they're playing right now, is dynamic. And, often, you know, you look at this draft. This Deron Bland gets two interceptions last week, fifth-round pick out of Fresno. You look at Sam Williams, picks up a fumble, runs it back for a touchdown. You look at Tyler Smith. You look at Ridgeway. You look at, you know, you look at the, the rookie tight end, Ferguson. Like, the Cowboys, for all of their things that we kind of take them apart, they can <laughs> just flat-out draft. They can just draft. And it shows. And if you need that juice from those young guys. And so Mike, it doesn't have to be like he's going to show up in a postseason, but he doesn't have to dominate every single game in order for them to win. It's a great point.
0: Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes in the huddle, guys. Um, I want to ask you about the Dolphins. We saw Tua throw two picks last week. and It's the first time I've seen him struggle maybe 10 weeks, you know, I mean, prior to the concussion, obviously, or, or right after the concussion. Yep. But the thing that we know is when he plays games, full games, he wins, right? That's what the Dolphins have done this season. And then he struggles last week, but again, that 49er defense is on another level. And now the Dolphins take on the Chargers. They go to, to uh to LA to take on the Chargers. So it's Tua versus Herbert. And and everybody is looking at this next group of quarterbacks. That includes Jalen uh Hurts. That includes Tua, Herbert, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence. We're we're figuring out. Is this group going to be what we expected? And so this is an interesting matchup this week, Baldy. And, you know, I mean, is this going to be a shootout? Is this going to be a high-scoring affair?
1: Well, if the Chargers keep tackling the way they tackle, I mean, these don't tackle, Carl. That <laughs> includes Dolan James. Like, I'd call them all out. Like, they just can't tackle. And it's just frustrating to watch because you can be in right positions. But, I mean, they're just not – you know, and then – defensively they're just not very good that's a big part of it you you know they, nobody gives up the type i think right now let me just just double check that but i i'm pretty sure right now that yeah i mean they're 32nd in rush average i mean they're last mm. you know and so uh, you know now miami has the ability to run the ball they've really missed Taron armstead at left tackle uh, i don't know what that shoulder situation is going to be like this week because you're going to have khalil mack out there maybe you know who knows but, uh, you know, if Bosa comes back and when he comes back, he might be out there this week. But, you know, it would be good if they had Teron Armstead back. They just don't – you know, the Chargers just don't have a defense the way the 49ers do. Like, I just think Tua gets back on track here. Like, you know, in Herbert, I mean, as good as he is, he can't do it all. And he kind of, they kind of got six wins because he has to do it all. And that's just a hard thing to do every single week. I think Miami gets back on track this week. I think Tua gets back on track. He's not going to get pressured like he was no. by Boza in you know in those situations. And and uh he took a hit from Nick Bosa last week. I don't know how he got up from it. And so, you know, he had back-to-back throws that got picked. And um, they were just they just weren't the type of throws that we've seen this year. But so I think the the receiving core, the passing game of Miami, I think they get back on track.
0: Baldy, a couple of uh, weird things happened this week. And I just want to get your take on them. Um, one is Baker Mayfield ending up with the Rams. So he gets released by the Carolina Panthers. Steve Wilkes says, look, listen, we want to give him a fresh start. And then, you know, there's two things that I'm wondering about here. One is, is Matthew Stafford done? And when I say that, I'm not saying that, that done this season. I'm saying... Stafford had this injury he's been dealing with. He's a Super Bowl champion now. He's had a great career. Maybe Matthew Stafford's like, hey, I'm out. I don't know. But the idea that the Rams and Sean McVay pick up Baker Mayfield makes me wonder what the future planning is here. And a lot of people have said, well, this is just for the next few weeks well, what if Baker plays really well over the next few weeks for the Rams? And you know that this has been an issue with the shoulder and the injury. I know nothing, people, about whether or not Matthew Stafford, he lives in Atlanta, he's he's here in the offseason, but I know nothing. So I'm not putting that out there. What I am saying is it's just an interesting pickup by McVay when you start talking about you're getting him at a cheap price. I think $1.4 million is raining on his contract. And if you can turn him into – all right, what we thought about, and if anybody can it's going to be Sean McVay, then maybe it gives you an option if, in fact, Stafford steps away, Baldy. Well,
1: it's interesting. So Sean McVay has coached Jared Goff, first pick of the draft. Matt Stafford, first pick of the draft. Baker Mayfield, first pick of the draft. Nobody thought – I mean, most people didn't think, Carl. I'm not going to say – no. most people didn't think Matt Stafford could play at the level he did last year. Sure. i in Detroit. Now, maybe it's just being in Detroit, being amongst the turnover and all the stuff that happens in Detroit. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe that's why he struggled and, you know, wasn't a, considered to be a great player. And then he plays with Sean McVay with an offense with Cooper Cup and creativity and a defense that could take, you know, all this. And you go, oh, that's Matt Stafford, you know, Super Bowl MVP, whatever. So um, I, I just think Sean McVay looks like th- these are talented players. Let's go find and get the, the most out of him. And I'm sure Baker's going, If he he probably couldn't think of a better place to go. Like, let me go with Sean McVay. Even if he's a backup, if Stafford comes back and plays next year, if Baker just learned an offseason, you know, get healthy, learn the system, yeah. learn how Sean McVay calls the plays, understand where the – like, Baker's a smart guy and a competitive guy. And he's got a good – he's got an arm. He's got a good arm. He's got the, he's got the, he's got what it takes. It'd it'd be good to see him in a stable place. Right. That knows how to build around a quarterback with a proven coach. Like whether he becomes the guy to your point, like maybe Stafford's like had enough, who knows? Uh, You know, uh, but I I think Baker's there to be the heir apparent. If something happens to Matt.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. And and I just, Baldy, have you ever seen a general manager fired before Christmas like the Titans did.
1: <laughs> I so, mean, you know, it's interesting Carl. Like I did <laughs> Tennessee at Philadelphia last week. I sold John Robinson. Yeah. And the last thing you thought, not you know, you, you, you know, I'm talking to guys from the Titans and you know, they're, they're missing this player and that, you know, left tackle pass rusher, like, and then they lose three starters in the first quarter. They lose David long. They lose, you know, Trevor, uh, you know, the receiver, they, you know, Trevor Burks and Traylon Burks. And, you know, they lose Christian Fulton. Like, all these things happen. And, like, they're just a depleted group. You go, okay. But they're still in first place. They're still going to win the division. They are. Um, so, well, I the thing that struck me, Carl, was, okay, if you want to go in a different direction in team building, all right. But, I to me, it looks like John Robinson was building the team the way the coach wants to build the team. Now, I know the coach wanted A.J. Brown. Like, maybe, you know, that's another part of the building that says we're not paying $100 million for this guy. Like, that's that's not John Robinson's fault. He drafted him. Um, He's had some good drafts. Everybody misses on some players, but he's had good drafts by and large. Um, To me, it made no sense of the timing. You know, if you want to make the change, okay, if you want to get a – I guess it's to get a head start on the draft process, free agency, the draft, Let's, let's get a new set of eyeballs on this kind of stuff. Okay, but you can't really argue with a lot of the things that John Robinson has done. So the timing seems completely wrong to me.
0: It's weird. And I got to say this before we go, Baldy. I love Mike Vrabel. I think he's underrated as a coach for what he's been able to do there with Tennessee. But you can't be the GM and the coach. It's yeah. not going to work. It's not going to work. And it hasn't worked in a lot of places. And Baldy, we know. We can run down the list of guys who felt like they had the chest to take all of that on. And it's not a slide on Vrabel. I just think you have to have that separation yes. to be great I in agree. an organization. And you know the idea that he's now head of personnel and he's going to take it all on, it's one thing to have that conversation or that, uh, that collaboration with the general manager in the front office and you agree on how this process is going to work. It's not going to work if they allow Vrabel to be the guy who makes all of those decisions, and he's got to be the head coach. So I just, I'm putting that out there. I don't know where Tennessee's going to go. I hope they hire general manager. And we'll see where it happens. But I agree with you about Robinson. I thought the timing of that, and and let me be, let me let me be completely honest. I thought it was personal. I thought the the whole thing was, I just saw a guy come in and kick my ass across the field in AJ Brown, and you traded this guy. And that's a bad trade, and now you're fired. That's the way I felt about that. Well,
1: you know, you know the, you know, the timing, if you just looked at the timing of it, that's exactly right, Carl. Um, but I just remember before the draft, when people were talking about wide receivers and what's Tennessee going to do, and, and Vrabel came out and said, as long as I'm the coach here in Tennessee, A.J. Brown will be a part of this team. Mm. And then when I heard, you know, d- draft day, Sure. That the Eagles trade for him, I'm thinking, well, that's not what Vrabel wanted. Now, what's going to happen here? Like, because when the coach comes out publicly and says he'll be here as long as me, and obviously they miss him, and it's a big, it's a big loss. But to your point, look, Bill Belichick tries to do it all; it's not working very good, and they haven't drafted well, and it's been a big part of the overall decline. And I'm not knocking Bill Belichick; like he's he's got what he's got. But I, I agree with you. You know, Howie Roseman. Nick Sirianni, you know, Leslie, right. we just go through, you know, you look at Schneider and, you know, Pete Carroll, they just look at the separation. It's got to be that way. It's just the general managers I know and the full-time job that it is year round, Carl, like to me, that'd be impossible. You want to coach his eyes on a certain player. Come on in. Let me see what you I got. You want to sit in the meetings yes. During draft visits, sit in, but let the, those guys do their jobs. And the, you tell us, what you want and what you look for we'll go find them. I agree it, it's too it's just too voluminous. I'll tell you a real quick story. I remember Ron Wolf in Green Bay one year when he was putting championship teams together in Green Bay. I remember sitting down with him and I was it's kind of like the off season. I was like, "You know, how's the how's uh, you know, free agency? How's the draft process coming?" He goes, "Well, I've seen 700 players." I go, "What do you mean 700?" He goes, "Why? Well, I've studied 700 myself and as a staff we we've, we've watched 1000." Like 700 players. That's it's inc- it's crazy. It's crazy. And you, know, you and so I to go know. Draft, to go draft seven. <laughs> want 700. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're, you just can't, you just don't have that many hours in a day. No. And, and I think too, it, it simply comes
0: down to respecting the job, yes. right? You, you have to respect the job. Yeah. It's not that you don't, you can't do it. You can do it, but you're not giving that job its full attention and the respect it deserves to be you. great at it. And that's why I've always said I need my head coach to be my head coach, and I need my GM to be my GM because you've got to respect that.
1: And I need my GM to pick my coach. Yes, I need those guys to be in lockstep in how you build the team and the vision you have for a team. I agree, Baldy. We could talk
0: about that all day. That's yeah. the makeup, and we'll probably have off-season conversations about it, guys. Brian Baldinger, follow him on social media. Uh, Baldy's breakdowns always great, and of course, follow this podcast in the yeah. huddle. Tuesday, Thursdays, we're seeing great results, guys. You guys are giving us a a lot of love out there, so we really appreciate it. Season's counting down, week fourteen. We're coming back next week. We'll see what happens. We'll be getting ready for the playoffs. These games at the end of the season are going to matter. It's a lot of fun right now in the NFL, and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, by the way. I know Nick was trying to make these predictions about the playoffs. I can't do it. I love the Cowboys because I'm looking at I mean, them from a from a, a you know a thirty thousand foot view.
1: But oh, I don't well, know
0: how this thing's going to shake out.
1: I don't either. I, and look, I mean, we're, we're, we're taping this Thursday morning of week 14. Yes. The Raiders play tonight. They look like they're going to be a problem for some teams the way they're playing football right now. Devontae is Devontae. Josh Jacobs leading the league in rushing. Max Crosby. Just don't, they get, well, don't they get Waller back? Jerry don't they get Waller back too? They're going to get Waller back. They're going to get Renfro back. Like just – you know, you just hold your horses. There's always, always, Carl, <laughs> every, you've been around here forever. There's always somebody that's coming from the back of the pack. That's right. And making that run. And so I'm I'm going to play it all the way out before I make any Super Bowl predictions.
0: No, and, I, and you know what? That's the best way because the NFL is crazy. It's why we <laughs> love it. Baldy, yeah. have a great day, man. Appreciate you as always. Everybody, have a great day. We'll talk to you next week on In the Huddle.